I'm Jeff Smith, and welcome to The Secrets of Success. Throughout my life, I've been fascinated by one single question, and it's how do successful people become successful? What is it that makes that big difference to our lives? Over the last 40 years, I've interviewed rich people, famous people, and many millionaires to find out their secrets of success, and I'm here to share them with you. The amazing thing I've discovered is that successful people all follow the same 11 steps. Some of the people I've interviewed were aware of these 11 steps, and some were not. But incredibly, they all follow the same 11 steps. I wonder if you can identify the same 11 steps of success in the amazing interviews that are in this podcast series. Of course, success is not always measured in money. And in these programs, I'm looking at many different success stories from people in all walks of life. I want to find out what makes them tick, how they overcame adversity to keep on going, and I want to extract those magical nuggets of wisdom so that you too can implement the secrets of success into your own life. The purpose of these podcasts is to help you and to entertain you and any donations we receive go directly to the Jeff Smith Foundation so that together we can make a positive difference to other people who are perhaps a little less fortunate than ourselves. On today's Secrets of Success, I'm talking with Melkar Ruana, and world-renowned expert on culture, leadership, and service excellence. But that's not all. He's also a best-selling author, and his book called Greatness is now here. It contains three principles to jazz up your culture, pep up your people, and spice up your customer experience. It's going to be a great show. I've known Melkart for a number of years, and I know that his work, his wisdom, and his philosophy has been instrumental to the success of some of the most celebrated companies around the globe. So without further ado, let's bring in the great man himself. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Mr. Melka <laughs> Ruhana. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks for uh, making me part of this. I appreciate it. Melkar. What a wonderful, what a wonderful uh, opportunity. I'm honored and humbled, my friend. It's wonderful to have you on the show. I'm so delighted to have you here. Of course, you, you have a book. I've been involved in the book. I want to know more about the book, but we'll talk about that later. So people are probably wondering, Melkot, where is your accent from? So I know, I know you're from Lebanon. Uh, so, what was life like for you as a child growing up? Oh, wow. What a question uh, to start this show with. Uh, in the midst of what's happening around the globe, uh, Jeff, you know, sometimes we wake up in the morning, we have a cup of coffee, and, you know, we watch the news. Uh, we see, you know, these unfortunately terrible events that many people are going through, whether it's in Yemen, whether it's nowadays, uh, of course, in Ukraine. And, and sometimes, you know, we kind of listen to what's happening or see what's happening, but we we don't really understand what these people go through. Listen, I've been born at the beginning of the war in Lebanon um, in a family that had everything. Yet, Jeff, we lost 
everything. My father fought back again, and he, he tried to accumulate a bit of wealth to, you know, make sure we get the best education. And guess what? We lost everything again. And we are reliving this again and again, you know? I mean, I, a couple of years ago, we've lost everything. I've personally lost everything, and here we go, moving again and again. And I believe that if you don't learn how to lose, you will never learn how to win, speaking about those secrets of success. And, and you know, I can't grasp, and I can't put in words, Jeff, what do you go through as a human being living in a war zone? You have no idea as much, I mean, you know, we are kind of conditioned by watching these movies, you know, thrilling movies where you see people using guns and explosions while having popcorn in one hand and a Coke in another, right? But you don't grasp the magnitude of the fear these kids like me live through to be able to survive. And remember, I do have dreams. Many of the Lebanese people have dreams. And guess what? You tend to lose focus on the dream, trying to focus on what you need to do now to survive what, what, what you're going through. So, you know, everybody who's watching today, I, I say, please, uh, uh, whether it's donate to the Jeff Smith Foundation or play your role in bringing a bit of peace and hope to those who are really searching for peace and hope in the midst of this turbulent world. I think it's fascinating what you said there. This one statement is still resonating with me. You have to learn to lose before you can learn to succeed. Absolutely. I was working on a piece just yesterday, actually, and um, I was waking up thinking how to capture it. And you have to know sadness before you know yeah. happiness. And Absolutely. I was thinking of all these different opposites in life that you can't know a good thing unless you've had a bad thing. So that really, really resonated me. I'll, perhaps I'll add that into my next book. You have to, yeah. learn, you have to learn to lose. <laughs> you know, and Jeff, the idea, as you said, you know, you've spoke about sadness and happiness. And sometimes we see success in, in, in like one direction. But you know what? Yes, sadness is important. You know, I believe that every emotion is trying to send us a certain message. I mean, that's where the emotional intelligent context comes in, in the world of leadership. I mean, it's because of anger that I've decided to lose 55 kilos 25 years ago. It's because of disappointment that I wanted to raise my flag and sing my song and write my book. It's because of despair that I had to fight being Lebanese in a world that, you know, segregate people depending on their nationalities. These emotions helped me to seek uh, uh, that way out and find really my song and, and sing it in the most beautiful way. Listen, I always tell, tell people, don't take your song with you to the grave. I mean, we have songs within us. Every single human being is born and destined for greatness. Now, some of us do find that, you know, those steps of success, mm -hmm. as you've mentioned, and be able to raise their own flag and sing their own song rather than raising someone else's flag and singing someone else's song in a world where social media is setting the standards for people to dream living someone else's life. And this is what really... When, when, I, when I wrote the title of my book, Jeff, many people said, you know, I, I've sent it out to some uh, publicists, and they said, you're crazy. You're, you're calling your book Greatness is Nowhere. I said, no, no, no. Why are you reading it this way? Read it differently. And this is when, you know, read it, oh, greatness is now here. You know, and it's a way of seeing life. And I believe if we know when to let go, if we know how to lose, and then we will be able to see the bigger picture that help us to sing our song and raise our flag. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. I want to bring you to one 
I want to bring back one thing. You said earlier in your earlier life, you experienced fear. Can you expand what that means and how you overcame that adversity to rebuild your life and come forward again? But let's go back. Absolutely. What was fear what a beautiful point. In, in your case in Lebanon? You know, you know, I'll tell you something, Jeff. And, and, and as, as I'm thinking about the answer, I have goosebumps because mm -hmm. yeah. I, can't, I can't tell you how difficult it is to recall those days where, believe it or not, the safest, the, the safest room in our house was the toilet, unfortunately, the bathroom. This is where we've spent most of my childhood. And, and listen, I don't regret it because it's in those times that I've discovered who I am and what I wanted in life, my true purpose. And, and, and we are blessed, uh, Jeff. Uh, I mean, listen, maybe, maybe those who are listening to this don't know that. But for example, you know, it's because of you. And, and you were the first one who helped me to jump off a cliff when I, when I told you I want to write a book, right? Mm -hmm. And you said, well, start writing a book. Well, and you didn't well, stop there. <laughs> we, we'll, we, we will come on to that in a little while, I promise but, but you. Yeah, but, but what I'm but, saying, Jeff, but, is there are some people in your life that helps you to push you. Like, I'll give you a story that helps me to move beyond my fear. Because once you move beyond your fear, you will absolutely feel free. When I was a young champ, my father used to take me with him on hunting trips because, listen, man, we can't afford to buy meat. And, and the, the easiest way is, you know, to hunt for, yeah, for, to for meat. Yeah, to catch your own, yeah. Uh, and I still recall I was a young champ, and my father so determined. He's a, he's a philosopher, he's a poet, he's, a, he's an author of almost 25 books. And he used to take me with him on those hunting trips, Jeff. And all I recall is that he's running you know, after the prey and the prey running obviously away from us and I'm running after my father and he kept running after the prey and I kept running and I hated every minute of it. But he told me, listen, Melkart, in life, you do have to pursue things like you're pursuing, you know, that particular prey. And in that he meant one word, competence. The more you work on your competence, the more you will pursue mastery in the field that you want to focus on, that's where success lies in. But listen, he didn't finish with that. We, on some other days, he used to take me on fishing trips. You know, the same story, but looking for fish now. And then the beauty of it is we sat down and with a bait, we attract the fish to us. And he said, yes, Melkart, sometimes you have to pursue things, but sometimes you have to attract things. And I said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, sometimes you have to look at your competence and master your competence. But most importantly, you have to be the bait that attracts success to you. And he, he refers to the word character. And then once you merge these two, you know, the character and competence, you create that credibility. And it is that credibility, Jeff, that would help you to move beyond your fear. It is that muscle that you need to push yourself and keep believing in yourself in a world where people are losing hope in tomorrow. I mean, you know what? We've lost everything, right? We can't go to school. We're trying to learn from home. I mean, I mean, if you believe the pandemic was tough on you, well, wait, I, I don't want to. I wouldn't wish it on the worst of my enemies, man. I tell you this. But it would shape these two, your character and competence. And my father, like you, you know, he was an amazing uh, gentleman, amazing leader, amazing philosopher who taught me the, the foundation of success. And that's one of my secrets, speaking about the secrets of success. You know, I'm going to share maybe six or seven with you today, but this is one of them, is when you work on your character and competence, you create that credibility. And it's that credibility that will be the byproduct of your charisma. And that would help you to move beyond your fear, to persevere, to fight back. Yes, to let go, 
but let go with purpose. I'm going to repeat that. It's a very important statement. Yes, you have to let go. I believe every leader knows when to let go, but you have to let go with purpose and then move in the right direction. Because even if you're on the right track, you know, you're going to run over if you just sit there. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorites is more speed in the wrong direction doesn't help. And, oh, absolutely. And you have to let go of some things in order to get new things. Uh, psychologically, that's, that, that's quite important as well, because when we when we moving for success, it means I want something that I don't have right now. And, yes. and in order to have something that you've never had before, you must do something that you've never done before. And Correct. that is really, really deep when you think about it. And that's a yes. big mindset change. And I, I interviewed my friend Chris Akabusi, you know, the gold medalist. Of course. And one of, course. Of, one of his famous, one of his favorite quotes is, the past is for reference, not for residence. Wow. Yeah, wow. and that is so powerful. And that's so that, true. That's about letting go of what happened in your past. You do, you're under no obligation to be the same person today as you were yesterday. And you, you are the perfect example of that. I mean, Absolutely. what really resonates me, I've watched all the war films, as you correctly say, with popcorn in one hand and a glass <laughs> of Coke in the other. And you think, wow, that must be really bad. And uh, to hear you talking is, uh, I mean, man, I, we lived sometimes on a piece of cheese and a piece of meat, you know, the pastrami meat, and th those two survived without electricity because we didn't have it. Listen, man, I tell you, I, I wouldn't wish to be in my father's side. I mean, could you mm -hmm. imagine we were kids and the kids, you know, they create their own world. I mean, you know, uh, they create their own uh, way of seeing things. But could you imagine being a father for kids in a war zone? trying to provide the basic necessity. And, and this is after being a prominent guy with a lot of money in the bank, every, every, everything is available around. And then suddenly, listen, I believe, I really believe that if you don't know how to live with less things, you will never be able to achieve fulfillment in life. You see the problem, the problem, Jeff, and I, I don't know, we're maybe dwelling on this, but we always want more. We look for more, oh, more followers, more likes, more this and more that. It's it's about more. We're living in a world of abundance, but yet we forget that 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 that, that it's not about quantity. It's about quality. If you learn how to live with less, how to execute with less, how to make things with less, you will then be able to to master the power of success. Because this is where where that quality, that ability to not only make things happen, but finish strong, that really makes all the difference between mediocrity, and, and it's a fine line between mediocrity and greatness. Yes, I totally agree there. I mean, I was not born into a war-torn country. I had wonderful parents. I was loved. They were fantastic. However, I won't say we were poor. That's a state of mind. I'll say we yes. were, I'll say we were broke. That that's the mm -hmm. state of pocket, right? Mm -hmm. So um, let me just put this into context. I went to school five years old, and one day the, the teacher said, "Right, children, tomorrow we're going to do a science experiment." And I'm, oh, great! So she said, "When you come in in the morning, will you all bring some ice cubes with you, please?" So the next morning, everyone brought in ice cubes apart from me. 
I was uh, the only kid. You know why I didn't bring any ice cubes? I know where this is going. We didn't mm. have a fridge. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. Wow. So, um, wow. So, um, wow. And then I looked around and started to realize that I guess things are not equal, but I was happy. I was loved. And Anna had a wonderful childhood. I was very protected. Yeah, we struggled for things to eat, but it wasn't because of war. Uh, later, mm. later on in life, uh, my dad, who's a very intelligent guy, but we never had any money. And this is what started my story on what is it that makes successful people successful? And maybe we'll talk about that another time. But that's the origin wow. of how this wow. podcast series the title, wow. the structure, the theme, that's where it all comes from. And then what I... a story. Yeah, so I wow. began life and was introduced to debt. And that is one of the worst things. Mm. Um, yeah. But to talk about successes and money and striving for more, I've never, ever done stuff for money. Wow. I've done wow. stuff good and well, and money has just followed and, it's the fruit. Yeah, and a very good friend of mine, bless him, a mentor, uh, Rab Lee, I'm afraid he passed away, age 53. And we were having a drink one evening, and he said, there's no point in striving for more money. What are you going to do with it? All I yes. would do is buy a bigger bottle of wine. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, <laughs> money. Oh, I wow. Yeah, and money, I think, is virtual. It's a state of mind. Like, you've had Correct. it. You've lost it. You've got it back again. You've just now lost yeah. it again. You can see a number yeah. printed on a page. It's yeah. only ever a number printed on a page. So, oh, yeah. And I think, Listen, Jeff, we've lost a couple of millions just, what, a year and a half ago. Everything yeah. that I've been working on for the last, what, uh, maybe 20 years. I mean, mm -hmm. of course, we have some assets in Lebanon. We have built, you know, our own house and so on and so forth. But overnight, it's not, listen, man, I'm still, I'm still working. I'm still outside Lebanon. But imagine the Lebanese people on, up to today. I mean, all of their accounts is just a number in the bank. You've mentioned something, Jeff, that is, I believe, one of the secrets of success. You said when we were kids, I was happy, I was fulfilled, I was delighted, though you did not have even a fridge yeah, yeah. to find an ice cube in it. You know why? Because when we grow, the secret, everything around success is, is, is becoming about either a title, unfortunately, I'm saying that's mm -hmm. the wrong mindset. It's either a title, it's about power, or it's about money. And none of those three makes you really happy yet everything in our life as we grow is totally focused that direction but think when you were kids mm -hmm. what you were focusing on everything but money you were focusing on having fun you were focusing to be with the family you were focusing about your friends you were focusing on on yourself fitness wise whatever it is you want to look good You're... so what i'm trying to say is there are so many things that are intangible that brings happiness that we focus on when we are kids. Yet when we grow, and that's why we lose our creativity when we grow up. We lose our zest for life. We use our our passion uh, to take care of others. You know what I'm saying, right? And, and then we, we wonder why am I not, why I'm not happy. Yet look at all these people who have tons of money in their bank account. How many? Listen, I don't want to go that direction. How many of them decides to lose their life 
uh, uh, you know, consciously, how many of them are living in misery, how many broken, how many of them with broken families, how many of them with a broken character, unfortunately, yet they have all the money of the world. If, if, if money would, listen, man, I prefer to die in a Porsche rather than on a monkey for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, sure. no, 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 no worry about that. You know, we, we want to live a happy life. Don't get me wrong. But if we have to focus on what I call them, the seven Fs, which is another secret yeah. that maybe we can share with the team. But, but this is one of the secrets that helped me have a filled, but listen to this, a fulfilled life. Because many people have a filled life. But question is, is it fulfilled? And here where success comes in is when you have that filled and fulfilled life. And the only way to do that is yes, keep focusing on money. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, you know, taking you off trail here. Yes, you have to focus on finances, your money, but there are other six Fs that you have to focus on too. Absolutely right. Okay, it's time. I want to talk about your book. So uh, we've never actually met face to face, but we've had, we, we've had many chats on the phone. And the the way you were introduced to me, we were, we were both doing some keynote speeches for Porsche, and I was I'm putting together the international management standards, which is a a global qualification. And the CEO of Porsche said to me, Jeff. I know a guy you need to speak to. He's very energetic, so be prepared. <laughs> it's Melkart. Give him a call. So I gave you a call and you yeah. found out that I'd written some books. And you said, I'm thinking of writing a book myself. Now, I get that question lots of times. So this is where our relationship began. So that's probably how long it's ago like was yesterday. that? Five, five, six years ago, oh, maybe yes. something oh, like yes. that. So, oh, yes. so what I want to what I want to go through now is your book is finished. I have it in my hands. I have a copy. <laughs> I mentioned in it. I have a beautiful message from you in the front. Shukran Habibi. I'm. Thank you so much. I, I'm. It's just wonderful. However, for the purpose of this show, I want to understand from your perspective what it's like to write a book. So how did the journey begin? So you spoke to me. You said, I'm thinking of writing a book. Can you remember what I said? Oh, yeah. You, you didn't say anything except start writing now. I said, wait, <laughs> take it. Take. I said, take it easy. He said, start writing now. And, you know, you didn't stop there. I remember, uh, Jeff. I mean, listen, sometimes being being advisors or consultants, it's, it's easy to throw words at others. But you never stop there. I remember two things you did. Mm -hmm. Number one, you send me a template of a book that is empty. Yep. So you saved me that time of where to, because, you know, when you want to start writing a book, I mean, for those of, for those of, you know, from the audience who have done that, it's a startling journey. I mean, you don't know where to start. You need to start somewhere, right? And then you told me start writing and then you send me, uh, you know, a kind of a template of an empty book. And, you know, when I opened that book and I said, well, I have to start writing. And the second thing that you did, which I believe was magical, and remember, you've said it to the audience, we've never met in person, yet it's unbelievable sometimes how, how, how much of a connection you create with a person like-minded. You kept sending me emails every now and then, hey, Nalkar, how's your book going? And I would hit myself and I said, oh, shit, I didn't, I, you know, I'm, I'm not moving on the right track. And you just didn't do it once or twice. You kept doing it, man. Every month or two, you would drop me a small note, how's the book? 
doing only these three words how's yeah. the book doing and i you know and and you know putting somebody i mean listen i always say if you want to learn something if you want to change something in your life have a mentor because they will the pressure that they would give you in a positive way right it would drive you to make things happen and i remember every time i would see your whatsapp message and i would hit my head and say "Mark, start writing right now <laughs> but uh, but okay. it was such a it was such a startling journey and you know sometimes in life you know i have to say this if you allow me jeff sometimes in life you know you might have the map you might i mean i i've said it, it's like jumping off a cliff i had the map i had the parachute ready i had everything ready but i owe it to many people including yourself who have helped me you know to manage the glide right to manage the wind and be able to land in the right landing spot mm-hmm. in, in such an amazing way and um, and you know and maybe the best lesson that i can give to everybody who wishes to write a book and and this is something i mean look i have your book next to me too you know one of the latest uh, of course that i've you know you have one more after this uh, uh, close more deals you know it's one of the dearest to my heart but i but i tell you something uh, you know the book like yours are the byproduct of mastery and not vice versa so which means we didn't sit down and start writing creating something then testing it in our workshop then testing it with our clients then see does that work that would that sound good will this work out you see i believe the secret of 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 my book success as well as all your books uh, is is they are the byproduct of something we mastered and so you see my book is the byproduct of 10 to 15 years of of, of, of running those stories with people at Porsche, at Ritz-Carlton, Four Seasons, you know, Mercedes, every, every single, you know, every single client that I had. So, so for example, if I give that book to somebody who've attended my training, they'll say, Melker, oh, it's, it's like you jumping off these pages. We've heard these stories <laughs> before. And, yeah. And, and it's, it's not like, oh, this is totally new for me, right? So I believe, I believe if you want to write about something, master reach that mastery in this field and then bring it up in a song or, or, or in that flag that I call the song or a flag or in a book that allows you to be so proud of and you would know the impact of that story. It's not like you're testing the book on your audience. The book is the byproduct. You know, it's the fruit of all these, you know, 15 years speaking about leadership in that particular context that is in the book. Yeah, I'm going to take you back six years in time. So you've given me your version of what you recall of our conversations. <laughs> I'll tell you what actually happens. <laughs> I would love to hear that too. <laughs> so you called me. I'm thinking of writing a book. Now, I get this a lot. So, so people ask me to mentor them to write a book. So I don't get involved with the content. That's up to you. I have my own expertise. So my expertise with other people is not the content, but it's getting the mindset right in order to start writing. Okay, so here's what happened. And I said, you're thinking of writing a book. That means you're not really committed. You're not sure. So that's a thought. Yeah, so Mm. there's the first shocker to the system. And it's like, oh, oh, um, I said, well, are you going to write a book or are you not going to write a book? Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to write a book. And I said, okay. So now, now we have your neck in the noose. Then I asked you a number of questions, which are really important, which solidifies what you've just said, really. I then asked, why do you think you are the right person to write this book? Mm. So you, mm. you then answered yeah. that. Yes, and, yeah, I remember this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the point I'm getting here, we got your goal sorted out, 
And I had to make sure for you that you were not just writing a book that you wanted to write, but writing a book that people wanted to buy. And the, there's a huge difference between the two. And most people get it wrong. Most people write a book and try and sell it. Where yep. what I encourage you to do was, why would somebody do it? Write the advert, sell it to me. When I believe you, when I want to buy it, that's when you start writing. And then I said, whatever you write has to then align with what you've just told me, your goal and why people would want it. That then put you on fire. Then what happens, you got all enthused and you didn't do anything. So I said, right, have I wasted my time with this guy? Of course not. But I'm thinking, right, so we've got his goal sorted. A year goes by and I send these little messages. How's the, how's the book doing? Uh, yeah, Jeff, okay, I've not not quite got Yeah, okay, all right. Another month goes by. Hey, Malcott, how's the book doing? And it kept going, kept going. And I called you up one day, and he was the, he was the catalyst that got you started, and I remember it. I called you, and I said, hey, Malcott, hey, Jeff, and we had a chat, and I said, how's the book doing? And you went, you know what, man? I said, you haven't written anything yet, have you? And you went... You know, life gets in the way and busy. And I said, yeah, I don't have time either. But in the yeah. time that you started talking about it, and now I've you written a book, it. finished and published it. And yeah, you, that, and, that was close more deals, I think. Yeah, it mm. was. And, and I said, mm. and you have not yet started. And it's like, yeah. And here's what mm. I said to you. Yeah. Melkart, do you know what writers do? And you went, no. I said, they write. Yeah, absolutely. I remember this. I have goosebumps when you yeah. said yes. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's from yeah. then you started to get your act together, may yes. I say. That, that, yes. I think that was then, uh, I, and now I'm serious. Yes, yes. And of course, then COVID comes along, which adversely gives you more time because we lose a lot of work of course and then we're blessed to have your book so yes yes indeed so you know? so you know what writers do they write so pick up they the pick up the journey from there because i i asked you again how's the book doing and i don't i didn't know where you were and you went man it's like giving birth to a baby elephant <laughs> So, I did say that you indeed. Did, you did. Yes, so, yes. so for the people listening who are wanting to write a book, we've got your goals sorted. We've got your advertisement sorted. We've got the fire in your belly. Now you're sitting down with a template I gave to you. What happened? Yes. And this is, uh, you know, uh, for me, it's about putting the roadmap because I'd like to see how the end in mind looks like, right? The end yep. result. So I start imagining... Before I start, you know, before I start putting the, 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 the meat around that, I start imagining what would be that outcome, right? I mean, yep. of course, I run that workshop, so I know how it is. Then I've sketched the map. This is where I've had that storyboard. Well, I'm going to speak about those three principles. You can't be what your culture is not. You can't be what your people are not. You can't be what your investment is not. Then how to present it. Then I've created five truths under each right? And then now I have a storyboard from where to start, where to finish. And you know what? That gave me the, that, 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 that momentum to keep moving forward. 
the minute you start writing, and then here I'm going to bring something to help me a lot, which is building a habit for writing, which means, you know, don't write less than an hour, for example, a day, or try to write. And I start finding out where's my energy, writing at what time in that particular yeah. uh, day. And then I start blocking this momentum. Whether I have something or not, I will sit. And some, there are some moments, truth be told, where I just sat and did research. I didn't really write anything per se, but 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 I, you know, I start using that time, whether it's for research for the book or writing for the book. And it's that habit that enabled me to create the momentum and keep things rolling. And the beauty is having somebody that you can reach out to. Like, for example, my wife, Nancy, she's one of the best you know, the, 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 I mean, she was one of my best mentors. She's in the science field, so she's not in the business field. So I start, you know, sending her those uh, small, you know, uh, uh, paragraphs that I wrote. And, and the feedback that I've received, you know, gave me, again, that, that fire to keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And it's unbelievable. Listen, man, it's around, I would, I would say, what, 378 pages or so. Mm -hmm. uh, nine by six. I mean, it's like 78,000 words. If you tell me now you need to write 78,000 words, I would panic. Of but course. when you start the process, things will start coming in and, and you start enjoying the moment. And that one hour that you've allocated for writing becomes an hour and a half, then two hours. Then there are times, truth be told, I, I rented the apartment upstairs, you know, because it was COVID and the kids were around. And I would write from five in the morning until like 12 midnight, nonstop. And, and, and it, I, what drove me is that sense of purpose. You know, I had that vision there, right? The end result. And, and I wanted to reach that end result in the most beautiful way too. Yeah, incredible. Let, let me just put some flesh on those bones that you came through. Mm. When I said, you know what writers do? They write. Now, yeah. the thought of writing a book, I mean, I've written seven now, and the thought of writing another one terrifies me because it's such a big project, 100,000 words or whatever they are. <laughs> so my advice to you was to get started was writing is like exercise. If you do a little bit each day, you form a habit. Absolutely. So, so my advice was... Just write a paragraph each day, just each day. And then the next day you might write two paragraphs or one paragraph and you start <laughs> to get in the habit of writing. And as you'd never written a book before, I said you need to do this to enable you to find your voice. And you won't know that until you've done some writing. For me, I'd written my book, I had seven attempts at writing my yeah. book before I found my voice. <coughs> and so, oh, wow. yeah, and, and then what time of day was most productive for me? 3 a.m. Yes, I don't yeah, early like, in the morning. I don't like writing, and I certainly don't like getting up at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But I did it anyway. Um, and, you, you know, Jeff, I'll tell you a story speaking about waking up early. When you are so into it, so immersed into this project, and because because it's listen, it's never it never occurred to me how many books I want to sell, how much I need to. This came in at the end, and I had somebody to advise me, and so on and so forth. Even now, 
the first the first one I go up and speak in public, people come to me and say, listen, man, how, 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 did you make money from your book? I said, it's not about that. You totally, you didn't get, the money is the byproduct of that. It's that self-fulfillment that the book gives you, that you have that, that voice that, that you can share it with the world in an in, in unlimited fashion. I remember when you when you get so immersed to it, I remember at, sometimes in the middle of the night, like at one in the morning, I would wake up with an idea. I would wake up with something, you know, kind of brewing in my head. And I would bring in my computer and in bed, I'll start writing. An hour or two, then I'll fall asleep. Sometimes I'll write the ideas on my notes and then I'll fall asleep. So what I'm saying that, the ideas, I, at least I felt that, I felt it springs from the most unexpected places, you know, and unexpected times. So as much as I've tried to create a ritual, but I was so open that, you know what, that flash of, call it flash of genius or flash of creativity or flash of the need to write, it becomes like, it becomes like, like when you wake up, you say, I need coffee. And during the day, I would be at the pool with my kids and I say, Nancy, I don't know, I need to write. I feel the urge to go up in the computer and write because I'm in the process of this baby, you know, as if you're like pregnant and you feel that baby kicking. And at one point you put your hands and you give it a bit of a cuddle. You start singing for the baby, even though they don't hear, but you do this ritual. And I felt this kind of, I felt like I'm pregnant, man. And I'm having like a book in my belly. And every now and then I have to, to nurture that book with eating or, but it's not about eating. It's about writing, researching, writing an idea. This became it, it came at times where it was mostly unexpected. I tell you this, Jeff, in the middle of the night, in the morning, middle of the day, I wake up, I, I'm in my garden, I'm in the middle of swimming. Your brain is so taken by, by this project that it becomes a way of life, not a job. I believe this was maybe the, the, best, the best, at least tip that I've learned myself and I would share it is I didn't make it a project I didn't like, I, I didn't say, oh, now I'm gonna stop living for a while because I have to write. You know, I'm just gonna stop having fun because I have to write. No, write was living. Writing was part of living. Writing was one part of having fun. Writing was one part of spreading my work. Writing was one part of making money. You see where I'm going, right? Yes, absolutely. I didn't, I didn't separate writing from doing something. It's not a project. I didn't take it as a project. It started as a project, but then it became who I am. It became a way of life. And this is why you find my stories in it. I've spoke about things that I've never shared in this book too, you know, because, because it's Start coming in you know from because you have to respect your past you know yet you let go but you let go with purpose so you you nurture also your present but then you focus on the future it was such an amazing journey that was so fulfilling at, at every level i want to come back on a couple of things you said there that have been important on my journey and it's interesting that you have them on yours too people ask me where do i get my ideas from where does my inspiration come from that's a fascinating one, you know. So yeah. I, I don't want to get into religion, God, or anything like that. Let's just call the provider the universe. And yeah. you put your own tag on it. So the universe provides. So what I would do, I would think, I need to make this point in a book, but I'm not sure how to make it. Can you? Mm, mm, and, mm. and I would phrase a question asking for help. I would go to bed. And then I'd wake up at 3 a.m. and I'd have the answer. Now, yeah, how does yeah. that happen? I don't know. I'll just say the universe delivers. Lots mm, of people mm, will have their mm, view on that. Mm. 
but yeah. it comes at the most unexpected times. Now, here's the most weird and unexpected time ever. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I wanted to get the formula for success. And I had a, I have a model which I use on my conference speeches. It's called the Pyramids of Power. And I wanted to encapsulate three ways to triangulate information. And these three things combined delivered success. And I really mm. wasn't sure how to do it. So I asked the question. <laughs> and a few days later, I had a letter saying... Uh, there was a cancellation at hospital and do I want to take the cancellation and have an operation on my stomach? So I said, yes. So I went in, I had the operation on my stomach. I spoke to the anaesthetist and things like that and all good. I came out of the operating theater. They took me back to my room. I was lying in bed. I'd had something to eat. And then the nurse came in, uh, Mr. Smith, we're ready to discharge you. But before we do that, we have to remove the cannula and the drip. That's no problem. Can you get out of bed and stand up, please? So I got out of bed, I stood up and my wife and my daughter was with me. So I'm standing there in my dressing gown, you know, the ones with the hole at the back. <laughs> so I'm standing there and I feel okay. And then the nurse starts removing the cannula from my hand. And my oldest daughter is a nurse. She's in heart and lung transplant. And she's standing next to me. And I turned to her and I said, Sophie? She said, yeah. I said, I think I'm going to pass out. <laughs> and I don't remember anything else. Wow. So, so I passed out, hit the hospital floor. So my daughter's holding me. My wife runs round the bed, grabs my arm. They press the emergency button. So a couple of doctors come in. So you've got my wife, my daughter, the nurse, two doctors, and they all lift me back onto the bed. And then I'm coming around and the doctor's on my chest going, Jeff, 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 are you okay? Are you okay? And as he's waking me up, I kid you not, Oh, I was no, no. given the formula for success. And I wow. said, and I, I remember it vividly. Wow. I remember vividly. And I said to the doctor, wow. don't wake me up yet. I'm working on something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and my daughter yeah. said, you yeah. are unbelievable. Yeah. And yes. I said, no, I yeah. have the answer. Uh, yeah. And that's how, that's how it came to me. It's yeah. so, um, you know, you know, Jeff, your brain works 24 seven mm -hmm. to whatever you ask that brain to focus on. Yeah. You know, when I, when I heard the, you know, the, the title of, 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 of this beautiful webinar, right? The, the keys to success. And, and I have six words that I'm gonna tell you, but it will explain everything that happened to you. I am what I think about. Yeah, absolutely. I am what I think about. Now, you see, for example, if, if I just tell you now, red, red, say the word red, red, and you keep saying the word red over and over again, the first thing, when you look at our screen, you'll see the live in red, the, the, the title in red, the red in your logo at, at the side. Because your brain is so focused on the word red that your brain will work 24-7 with your conscious or unconscious approval to find whatever you're focusing on. Now, because you've been focusing so much on that particular scenario, 
then, you know, at that point, even though you're unconscious, but your brain is still working. You know, there are 8 billion neurons in your brain, 8 billion, that's more than the world population, working 24 seven, and you're the general manager. So if you, you know, are telling them, try to find that solution, that solution, that solution. Now, whether you like it or not, whether you're sleeping or awake, they will try to make this happen. Listen to that story, and I will put this into a beautiful uh, conclusion, that particular discussion. My, I was living in Sharm Sheikh. You know, part of my job was I was, you know, I worked for the Rich Carlton for years. But uh, during that journey, I was the director of human resources for the Rich Carlton in Sharm Sheikh in Egypt. Now, back then, Nancy used to be my fiance. Uh, she used to live in France. She was doing her PhD in microbiology. So she called me and she said, "Hey, listen, Malcart, I want a pair of diesel. Now, you know the jeans, the diesel jeans. Now, if you've been in Sharm Sheikh." I mean, it's it's not an island. Well, it's connected to Cairo, but it's a five hours drive to Cairo. But it's back in the days, you know, you're talking 2005, something. There was nothing literally in there. I mean, there are no malls per se where you go, hey, listen. But anyway, like any human being, I start calling friends, diesel, 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 hey, diesel, Joe, do you have diesel? Do you know what diesel is? So I used the word diesel so many times that at the end, my 8 billion employees, all they're focusing on is diesel. So if it's... If there is a piece of a note up there, it's bold, highlighted in red, caps, the word diesel. Now listen to this. That evening, I went to Na'ma Bay. And Jeff Na'ma Bay is everybody who's in Sharm Sheikh would go to Na'ma Bay literally to enjoy the rest of the evening. So it's so crowded. That same evening, which I wasn't looking for diesel anymore. I was walking with Joe back then, the hotel manager. And as I was walking, you look around, you know, and when you look around, the 8 billion employees are recording, taking information. Now, at that particular moment, and I was not looking for diesel, I said, and I shout out loud the word diesel. Now, Joe next to me, learning about that, I mean, because I've asked him, he said, well, are you still looking for diesel? I said, no, but I don't know why I've said it. Knowing the trick, I stood frozen there on the road, and yeah. guess what happened, Jeff? I looked on the side of the road. There was a gentleman, maybe 10 feet to 15 feet apart, wearing a T-shirt. And on that T-shirt, guess what's written? Surprise diesel. me. Yeah, diesel. 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 So what I'm saying is my brain, even though I'm not focusing on the word diesel, is so much in, in focusing on that because, you know, I wanted to find it, that they're working without my conscious approval to find that that I'm focusing on. Now, think about you. You were so much focusing on finding that formula. You might be in there waiting for your operation and your brain, whether you like it or not. There were these 8 billion employees trying to find that formula. And guess what? They did find it for you. And here's, the, here's my summary for this, Jeff. For those of us who are living unhappy, unsuccessful, or they believe they are not living a happy or successful life, what are you focusing on? What are you, because if you wake up in the morning and you complain, you see your friends and you complain, you go to the first meeting and you complain, you sit in your car and you complain, you have your first meeting and you, man, you are developed as a magnet of negativity. And all you will find is problems coming into your life and wondering why, oh, why, why me? Oh, I'm not blessed, I'm not this and that. Well, it's not, there's no damn secret about this. It's because you're so much focused on the wrong thing that your 8 billion employees are attracting the wrong thing into your life. And that's really the trick also of writing. When you are so emerged into this project, when you're so focused and you know the end in time, guess what? Even when you're on a break, 
you're literally not on a break. Your brain is so kind of involved into this situation. So again, I believe what I've learned from you, which helped me a lot, is building that ritual. Because if you keep so much time between the ritual, like you write once a week, man, it's not going to work. Your 8 billion employees will build that ritual that this guy will do it one day a week. One day a week, we'll focus on the book. The rest of the week, we focus on what doesn't matter much, maybe. So the idea is when you build that ritual of writing, your billions of neurons, right, the, the neurons, the brain cells that are above 8 billion, will work to help you make things happen. Now, of course, you have to do research, you have to feed them the right nutrients, you have to get them in, because, you know, your formula is coming up from things you've seen in your life, you've experienced of your life, you spoke about with people you've met, you've spoke about or you've heard in your, you know, speeches or, or workshops. But at the end of the day, this is when the magic of how you repackage the way you do things that comes in as the byproduct of, 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 of that particular process. Absolutely. My company logo, the coat of arms, is a code of all of those steps. And the Latin at the bottom says, you become what you think about. You now, know, man, I didn't know now, that, honestly. Yeah. I didn't see that. And, 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 wow. Yeah. But, but what's fascinating, wow. I just want to take that a little bit further. You're absolutely right in what you say, in that you become what you think about, whether you want it or not. Now, mm. let, let me give an mm. example. Uh, mm. Your brain works exactly the same way as does Google. So let's use your word. You said red. So if you focus on red, you will be seeing red everywhere. So if you type into Google, do not, do not show me mm. a red car, mm. what will mm. happen? You'll see lots of red cars. Try it. Now, mm. this is exactly how your brain works because mm. Google doesn't have the ability to come back to you, nor does your subconscious to say, oh, you don't want a red car, so what do you want instead? It mm. doesn't have that mm. ability. Mm. Neither, mm. Does you, neither does your brain. So all it can give nope. you is what you don't want. In other words, it gives you the red car because that's what you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. And I, I've, mm -hmm. I've spoken with uh, sports people like golfers. They'll be on the 14th tee and there's a lake to the side. The amateur golfer will be thinking, I don't want to hit the ball into the lake. Mm -hmm. now, in order, and they hit it there. Now, in mm -hmm. order to understand what that means, your brain needs to know what it's like to go into the lake to know that that's not what you want. But the problem is then, your brain is programming your body to give you what you're thinking about. And I've played with people, they hit the ball into the lake and then they say, ah, damn it, I knew that was going to happen. Inside I'm thinking, so am I, but it's not my position to tell you. You go with a professional golfer, the lake is invisible. They just see yeah. where they want the ball to go and that's what they focus on. So yeah. you become what you think about absolutely absolutely yeah and when you write yeah. goals and you share them Melkart, be very careful who you share them with because they'll keep on sending you emails <laughs> to say how's the book going <laughs> you know you know jeff it's unbelievable what you've said and i'll tell you a personal story you know you've shared what the golfers but i'll tell you a personal story i've struggled with obesity all my life uh -huh. i was 130 kg wow and 
I'll tell you something. I used to wake up in the morning and focus on what not to eat. And that's why I always failed. I've tried every diet in the book and I've always failed because I used to wake up. I used to eat a lot of sweets. I used to wake up and say, I'm not eating sweet today. I don't want to eat sweet. I don't. And as you know, your brain doesn't see this. I don't eat. Yeah, like Google. absolutely. Because when, when you say I don't eat sweet, all you see is sweets. sweets. I, I ended up eating the pastry chef those days, man. <laughs> I'm sending the wrong message. And but think about it, Jeff. That's that's how our parents speak to us. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you know, listen, yeah. my father used to tell me, don't smoke and don't drink and don't drive fast. I ended up doing the three at the same time. And he yeah. wondered why. Well, because yeah. you're telling me what not to do. And it's until I changed the way I saw, I started saying, I'm eating healthy rather than I'm not eating sweet. I'm eating healthy. Absolutely. I am exercising. And I've lost 50 kilograms, Jeff, is because of this technique. It's because the, the, you have to jazz up your words as a leader, as a writer, as a human being, because these words, Listen, even imagine our clothes has an impact on what we do. Now with the mask, with everything, imagine, you know, when you like, if you see your wife wearing a high heels versus a Havaianas, they walk differently. We walk differently whether we, you know, wear a suit or we wear a, a Hawaiian t-shirt. If our clothes has such an impact on how we behave, could you imagine the power of our thoughts that triggers every, I mean, it's our choice, it's us. We can decide to go the negative way, or and 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 here's one final trick. Sorry, man, but it's so so I'm so passionate about that. Yeah, subject don't let me stop you. People, go ahead. Yeah, people need to also understand that the brain believes everything you share with it. Your brain believes everything. Like now, if I tell you, imagine a purple cow licking a pink ice cream while watching a Formula One race. Now, guess what? Your brain imagined the whole damn scene. The whole scene is now in front of you with the cow licking an ice cream sitting in a, in, 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 in a Formula One arena. Your brain believes it. So also the way you speak to ourselves, you know, I, I catch, you know, executives while I coach them saying, oh, I'm stupid, I'm this, I'm that. They focus on what to stop. Listen, this morning I went in to a new gym, an amazing run, but the guy kept telling us, don't stop, especially at the last, you know, few seconds from the from the exit. Don't stop, don't stop. I went and I told him, please stop using don't stop because every time you tell me don't stop, I feel I want to stop. He said, what shall I say? Say, stay strong, keep going, finish strong, but don't say stop, don't stop because the minute you tell me don't stop, my brain, the eight billion of all they hear is stop. And guess what? I struggled to finish that last second use the, the words we use the choices of the verbiage we use whether it's in our book whether it's in how we speak as leaders whether it's when how we affirm ourselves it will have a, such a, an immense impact on everything we're involved to including writing a book melcott do you know what writers do they write. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that's why, yeah, I, that's why yeah, I kept on telling yes. you. That's exactly yes. right. What I'd like to do, I'd like to invite you back to do another show to talk <laughs> about the mindset of success because there's so much in there that I want to talk about, but we're not going to have time today. So absolutely, will you come back another time? Absolutely. Listen, oh, it's wonderful. An honor. Okay, right. It's an right, honor. Now, right now, then, let's get back to your book. <laughs> so, greatness is now here. Tell me about it. What is it? It's a uh, the idea of the book uh, uh, started with the word greatness, and and the idea of greatness and started with me years ago. You know, when when you look at my even business card, you don't find a profession. 
you know, it's you find my purpose written there. I don't know if you will see it here on the screen, but it says greatness is now here. And 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 the idea is that I I always had a call to enable greatness. And by greatness, I mean helping you find the best version of yourself. And it's not a cliche. Listen, we live in a world, I mean, look, your your Apple, your studio, you most probably every year bringing new uh, updates to the system that you have. You bring new update to the software and the hardware that you have. So we don't seldom find people now holding, for example, an iPhone, which is version number four or iPhone four or five, right? I mean, we're in iPhone 13 as we move at the end of this year. So the idea came in, if we need to always surround ourselves with the best version of this and that, why not looking at the best version of ourselves? And this is when I took the word greatness and I gave it a framework. This is the best version of yourself, best version of your team, best version of your organization. And throughout the years, I've looked at same like your journey and what are the principles what is that formula right that 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 we can brew that can bring us that greatness and i came up with this three principles number one you have to have the right culture you can't be what your culture is not if you know what is those values that the why the purpose that that brings your team together that bring you also and uh, bring the anchors you know to your life to know exactly why you do what you do then you can't be what your people are not. How do you surround yourself with the people whose values are aligned with the values of your company or your team and so on and so forth? And finally, you can't be what your investment is not. And here I speak about the power of emotions. You see, this webinar, your books, everything we do in our life, we don't do it. The what is to maybe, I don't know, sell, inspire, but the why is to evoke certain emotions in those we serve, those we lead, those we inspire, those we connect with. So it's the power of emotions and how you inject it in everything, including your customer experience. And then this book takes you through an amazing, playful journey, man, with games in, within, with stories that takes you on this journey to explain what are those truths that would enable you. And you know what? The beauty of it, and many people said, don't do it, but I ended up doing it, is the truth is, look, you can open the book, Jeff, at any time, and you can have 15 minutes, you read a truth, it will give you a tool, it will give you a visual, and you could go to a tech talk and, and, and use it to immediately inspire people. So it's not one of those books that, that just inspire you. It's like your books, Jeff, it's very pragmatic. It gives you the mindset, but it gives you most importantly the tool set and the skill set to go and take that word greatness from a noun to a verb. Okay, so who is the buyer of this book? Who is it written for? Yes, it's a great question. Anyone who's in a leadership position, anyone who wants to find uh, their own voice, their own story, you know, I mean, listen, I've, I've, I've said I've, I've been saying to everybody that I've been meeting, as you know, we, we work with people in the automotive industry, work with people in the hospitality industry. You know, I'm tomorrow. Guess where I'm going? I'm going to speak at the graduation of a, an American school here in Doha. You know, 13, 14 year old. And guess what? You know, they've been going into this book. They've been trying to learn from this book. And I've been coaching CEOs of highest level from an aviation organization, from the hospitality organization, from the automobile, and guess what? They're running this greatness movement in their organization. Any person who wants to find their best version, any team, any organization who wants to find greatness, which means find the best version of themselves, this is the book. It covers culture, leadership, and the customer experience. And you might think, but I don't have customers. You do. Every time you speak with a person, he's, whether you call it customer, client, patient, uh, you know, uh, partner, he's at the end of the day, somebody that can, uh, that you can inspire to find their own uh, greatness too. 
Well, I have a book. I've read it twice already. I'm about, just about to begin my third <laughs> lap. It is that good. I love it. Thank you, uh, yes, thank you, thank you. Yes, I do know you, of course. Does that make a difference? <laughs> Probably, but the content is great. You know, yeah, thank you. And, thank you. And, you, and you can pick it up and read it for 15 minutes, put it down, learn something, implement it. It's great. So how do we buy a copy? Yeah, well, you know, the book is currently available on 40,000 plus distribution channel uh, like Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Goodreads, Book Depository, and so on and so forth. Any website that sells book, you have the book on it. Also, by the end of this month, uh, hopefully it will be available in every library in the MENA region, Middle East and Africa, North Africa. Uh, hopefully we're also going to have it in the library soon, also in the United States. But meanwhile, meanwhile... The hardcover, paperback, and ebook uh, are available on uh, every website uh, uh, that, that is in the business of selling books. And of course, my website, melkartruhana.com or greatnessisnowhere.com. You'll find also a free chapter of the book. You find videos uh, introducing the different principles in the book. There's more than 10 of those uh, in such a very inspirational way that you could share it with your teams too. Greatness is now here. I love it. <laughs> love it. Well, Melkar, we've come to the end of the show for today. You've been an absolute delight. Thank you so much. Thank I've you, loved friend. every minute of it. I want to bring you back. I want to talk more about success. But for today, Melkar, I absolutely loved having you here. Thank you so much Thank for your you. time. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for your friendship, for your guidance, and for everything you've done for me. Thank you. Uh, it's I've loved it, loved every second. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Success. I hope the show has helped to ignite your passion, be a catalyst for action, and given you the fuel you need to realize your dreams. If you've enjoyed the show, please hit the like button, leave a review, and share it. It makes a huge difference because without your help, we can't succeed. So please go ahead, like, review, and share. I'm always searching for great success stories. So if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or you'd like to nominate a guest, please contact me at jeff-smith.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Well, that's all from me. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.